Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question, how do I become a saint? Today's podcast is titled Mediocrity, Doing the Least. I have greatly sinned in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. You might recognize these words. The priest or deacon says them or something similar every single mass during the penitential act. I would guess that for many of us, the focus has typically been on the acts we've done and rarely what we failed to do. For me at least, it's been easy to think like that. As a major sinner, I've thought, how could I even begin to consider focusing on what I failed to do? My accent of themselves are enough for me to get down on my knees and beg for mercy. And you want me to think about what I haven't done? But there's a reason that the penitential act states both. And I think God wants us to recognize that and to dive in. Plainly stated, Jesus wants us to know that his love and mercy are endless and believe that we are not defined by our sinfulness. Let me say that again. I am not, you are not defined by your sinfulness. And in case you forgot, brothers and sisters, I'll remind you, his mercy is endless. And as Jesus says to St. Faustina, the greater the sinner, the greater the right he has to my mercy. But with that endless mercy comes an invitation. He wants to invite you into his heart. And instead of just focusing on your failings, to begin focusing on what you are doing. He has given you and me passions and loves. Things that bring us great joy. Things that map out the lives we've led and the lives we are being called to live. Are we embracing them? Are we turning our talents into more? Or are we remaining idle and burying them in a field? Every day is another chance to respond to that call. And what I have done and what I have failed to do. When we let these words take root in our hearts, they have the power to humble us and cause great reflection we will find ourselves diving into who we've been, who we are, and who we are trying to become. And we will be giving God a chance to heal us. And that's what we're here to talk about tonight. Fighting off mediocrity, looking past our faults and failings, and pursuing holiness seeking to be our best selves. On today's podcast, I have with me Bridget Wilson. Bridget, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Thanks for having me. Bridget is a Virginia native. She's one of 12 children and once again, a graduate of Franciscan University. She currently works for the Diocese of Arlington as the Director of Multicultural Ministries. 
She is obsessed with basic comforts like coffee and blankets, blankets and coffee, blankets with pictures of coffee. Yes. In her free time, she likes to bake, paint, read, and she binge watches Netflix. Unless Hulu, of course, has the show that she's currently watching. And then she switches over to Hulu, only to then start to feel guilty and go back to Netflix. Amen. She is also a Amazon Prime user. <laughs> she also likes Disney Plus. She might spend 40 or $50 a month on all the different shows she has. She also leaves a trail of bobby pins wherever she goes. So if you see one, it, it's very likely hers. Yeah. And if you could send it back, she probably misses it so much so that she forgot she even lost it. You can DM me for her mailing address. I may or may not respond. Hey. She's also currently working on her master's in Catholic leadership through Franciscan University, go figure, because she really enjoys student loan debt. I've known Bridget now for the last five years as a friend. We worked together uh, when I was at the diocese and she is a treat. She didn't even mention to you her love for cats, weird memes, and a good donut. And those are things that I think are very important to who she is. But outside of all of this, she's also a good faithful Catholic who loves the Lord. And that's what we're here to talk about today. So Bridget and I spoke a little bit beforehand, and we talked about this issue that many of us face and struggle with, which is mediocrity. And so, Bridget, if you could um, tell our listeners about your recent spiritual direction experience, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, thanks, Brendan. I really liked the introduction. Um, it's well, true. you wrote it, so. Oh, I know. Well, I was going to say, I like the part where you brought up donuts. For me, that falls under um, basic comforts. It's just that essential. Um, which is why I left it out. But thanks for, for adding it in there. That is an important thing about me. Um, another thing I want to say before I kind of talk about spiritual direction is, um, and I actually think it's kind of relevant to the kind of person I am um, and why it's something I struggle with. We actually go back a little further than five years from when we were in class together. Um, Brendan and I were in a um, anthropology course. Uh, we weren't friends in it, but I knew who he was. Um, and the class was an easy A. And I sat by the light switch. This is important. And the teacher would either give like pop quizzes or he'd play movies. So I'd show up every day to class. And when I saw he was putting a movie in, I'd flip the light switch off and then I would just leave. I would just leave class and I'd stay if it was a quiz. Um, and I just think that kind of goes to show how little effort I'll put into things if I know like I'm going to pass anyway. Um, and I really definitely think that's a very mediocre quality, mediocre student. Um, such something about me that I think is a really, really great trait. Um, okay, so I, uh, last weekend, had a little retreat with my spiritual director, um, and this was our, our first time meeting um, as the director and directee, if that's even the word. Um, although I've known uh, this priest for years, he was a huge part of my spiritual formation as a teenager, um, so I am definitely looking forward to working with him more. Um, 
And it's so funny because it's not like I brought up this topic with him of kind of like, oh, this is something that I think I struggle with is just being a very mediocre Catholic. Um, he kind of just like figured it out on his own. I guess it's obvious to him. Um, but one of the things that he said to me, which I found to be, um, which I really, really took to heart and I have something I've been thinking about for like a whole week. Um, I think one thing that we can do as Catholics is maybe we can find times where, you know, we're really crushing it or we feel like we are. We are, we're praying every day. We're saying our rosaries. We're getting to daily mass frequent, you know, we're going to confession often, things like that. And we can feel like, okay, like I'm doing really, really well. And you can kind of feel your relationship getting stronger with Jesus and like, you're like, this is great. This is how it's going to be forever. And then something changes and you, you kind of forget to pray the rosary every day. You don't have time to go to daily mass and you feel yourself kind of like slipping away. And that's kind of, I feel like where I am now. And he said to me, without me even sharing any of this with him, he just looked at me and he said, there is a time in your life where you love Jesus more than you do now. And I was just like, oh, can you say I, that again? Yeah. There was a time in your life where you loved Jesus more than you do now. Mm -hmm. And that was, that like crushed me because I realized how true it was. Um, and not that I tried, but that I let my relationship with Jesus kind of take that hit because I decided not to put any effort into that relationship anymore, um, which I think is really the, the core of mediocrity. It's how much effort you're willing to put into things um, in any, in any case. Um, and so this other, another thing he did that I thought really touched on it was he, um, he read from the gospel of John. Um, and if it's okay, Brendan, I'd like to, to read the passage that he read to me, because I think this is also kind of a sign of, you know, mediocrity. Is that okay? Yes, of course. Okay. okay. I didn't hear any confirmation. Okay. So I'm going to set the scene a little bit. Jesus has risen and uh, his boys, they're out there fishing and they're not doing, I don't think they're doing so great. And so Jesus tells them to cast the net on the other side. He's kind of like yelling out to them. He's on the boat with them um, and they do. And then it goes great. And then Jesus calls them in. He's making fish time for brunch. He makes them come back to shore. So they eat, it's probably a really great meal. But then Peter is given the command. So this is from um, John 21, 15. Um, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. So the reason that I wanted to bring that up is um, because when you're reading just the English translation, it's just love, 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 back and forth. You don't really notice the, like, I don't know, you have to really know, like, the Greek, I think it is, to kind of get the fullness of this conversation. Um, so when Jesus said the first time to John, he was saying, um, the Greek, 
Agape, exactly, which is this like the highest form of love um, possible. I mean, Fred, you could probably explain it a little better than I could. Um, yeah, it's a, it's the unconditional love. Yeah. So he's asking, he's asking Peter. He's like, "Do you have this unconditional love for me more than you love anybody else here?" But the thing is, Peter responds, "Yes, Lord, I philos you." which is the Greek form of love, like a friendship, like an acquaintanceship. Um, and so that's very significant. Peter basically friends own Jesus. Jesus comes back again and he lessens it. And he just says, do you agape me? Not more than these, just do you just love me unconditionally? Peter comes back again and just like, yeah, you know, you know, I like you, Lord. You know, I philos you. We're friends. We're buds. And then again, Jesus says to him, do you love me? And I think at this third point, he says, do you philos me? Am I right? So yep. he's saying like, do you love me as a friend? And Peter's like, I'm so upset. Yes, I like you. So it's, it's kind of this, um, this interesting conversation where Peter is really kind of doing the least here. And I think that that's one thing that's nice about this, at least, at least for me when I read this, is like, okay, you know, Peter had this very intimate relationship with Jesus and still was like, I see you as a friend. Um, then he became, you know, our first Pope and he's a saint. So there's like so much hope for us because I'm sure when he died, it wasn't, this wasn't the type of love that he felt for Jesus. Um, so I think it shows like our ability to kind of grow. But I just really love reading that because it just goes to show that, you know, even when we're not necessarily responding with the greatest love that we could ever have for Jesus. Like he can still work with the love we're giving to him now. I don't, I, that's kind of like what I take from it. It's not very profound. That's just my, my takeaway. Um, but Brent, I know you, when we chatted about this, you had other, other things to like take from this gospel because that's, what's so cool about this reading. Well, and yeah, I, I, as I told you, I had actually, um, had a podcast episode, St. Peter, as you know, Bridget's one of, well, he is my favorite saint. And so I had actually um, dissected this, this gospel, um, but I, I left out this part, which when you and I were chatting and you'd mentioned you wanted to hit on this, I was like, yes, because this is like something I've, I've, you know, thought about and reflected on before, but I just left it out um, when I talked about it. But yeah, I mean, it's truly one of those moments where you know peter is having to admit to the lord you know right after he's denied him you know just weeks earlier days earlier you know our lord's giving him a chance at redemption and either it's you know his him saying i love you like a friend or if it's just a you know i i would guess too that it's a humility where peter's like Lord, I'm not capable of agape love. You've seen me when I've made declarations. You know, he made a declaration of love to our Lord just nights earlier at the Last Supper. These people will deny you, Lord, but I will die for you. And yet, what happens hours later, three times, he denies our Lord. So at this point, maybe he would have said agape in the past, maybe not. But I think he's at least come to you speak to our Lord in humility in this moment and say, Lord, yes, I do love you, but I love you like a friend. I love you like somebody who will disappoint you again. 
I'm not capable of that love that you speak of. Um, and yet our Lord eventually does come to ask him for just the filial love, which I think is beautiful because that just speaks to God's ability to work with us, you know, to work with you and me. Um, he's got expectations set, no doubt, but he also is realistic in knowing that we're broken and we're going to work with the graces given, but even still, we're going to mess up. And yet he still wants us and he still u- utilizes us. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, it definitely touches on one of like the cures to mediocrity, I suppose, which is humility. And um, it's kind of coming to, you know, our Lord and realizing kind of how small we are and how little we can offer him. Um, and I, I really like what you said about that, Brendan. It's very nice, actually. Again, that's what I love about this. I think when you go to the gospel, read the passage over and over again, like the different things you can learn from it or take from it. Like I have never thought about this reading that way with, you know, Peter saying like, you know what I've said before, I've come to you with these big declarations. Um, and I didn't mean it then. So why would I say, to, you know, if I don't mean it now, I think that's very, mm-hmm. uh, very profound. Thanks, Brendan. Well, and it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's the first confession, you know, that's like, I, I just think it's one of my favorite moments in the Gospels because it's Peter's being given an opportunity to sit with our Lord and the Lord is giving him a chance for redemption for the three times he said no. You know, it's over and over again, he's making the same declaration to him. And each time Peter's having to say, you know, yes, Lord. And, and sure, it's not the love that is the best love, but I don't I don't know if you and I are ever going to be capable of agape love until we, you know, breathe our last breath. And God willing, we said yes to him enough where we accepted the graces that, you know, after for myself, a long, long stay in purgatory, hopefully I'll be purified enough to, you know, to, to go to heaven. Um, but it, it, you know, it, it does just give us, I think, hope. And as you talk about mediocrity, I mean, like, Peter's a prime example of someone who shows us the way to battle mediocrity. I mean, from, from understanding him before he was even in Jesus's favor, you know, this is a guy who was a fisherman. He was not special. He did, you know, very menial tasks with his brother and friends, but very good fisherman until Jesus came from, from from what getting fish. from what we know, yeah, he yeah. was out there and he wasn't even catching anything. Yeah. And Sorry. so it's not No, 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 exactly. You're right. And so it's it's just very interesting the 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 only thing he does right is say yes to Jesus. Yeah. You know, he's at least humble enough to accept some help. Um Absolutely. But do you have anything else you wanted to say about that? If not, you know, I've got plenty more questions, of course. <laughs> Well, I think, I think it's going to be one of those kind of conversations where we kind of circle back to things a lot. Um, because, you know, looking at this and thinking about, you know, how I'm, how I'm, how I'm mediocre and how this is, um, how this relates to that. It's, it's one of those things where Peter probably, like you're saying, like, we're going to be doing this to like, maybe you're at our last breath. That's like the whole point is we're going to keep every single day, keep trying to not be 
mediocre with our faith. And it's not, it's not like checking off a list being like, yep, I did say my rosary, went to mass. I'm a great Catholic, don't need to do anything else. It's that constant like growth, um, which I think is, is really important. Um, because I think once it comes easy to you, that's where you kind of can fall back into mediocrity again and again and again. Um, so it's important to kind of keep growing and keep keep struggling with it if, if needed. Um, Anyway, one thing I did want to touch on, if we want to bounce to the second, um, we mentioned the difference between, um, in our previous conversations, not on this, but the difference between being like a lukewarm Catholic and a mediocre Catholic. Yep. Um, because I think some people might get kind of confused about that. And I think when we think about like what a lukewarm Catholic is, we might think of like, you know, maybe like a not totally practicing cradle Catholic, or maybe even a cafeteria Catholic. You know, we have all these we have all these names for Catholics who aren't who are doing the least in different ways. I'd say, um, and I would say that like a lukewarm Catholic is someone who doesn't really, you know, doesn't really know their faith totally. You know, and so you almost kind of give. I, I say this like loosely, but like you can kind of almost give them a pass. Like if they truly don't realize they're supposed to be going to confession often, or they they somehow missed it in the Bible where they have to keep holy the Sabbath and they're not going to mass every Sunday, like that's what I kind of consider like a lukewarm Catholic, and that's scary because what did he say? It's somewhere in the Bible where it's better that you're cold or hot because he'll spit out the lukewarm Catholic. So that's probably a different podcast for another day, but I think of a mediocre Catholic as someone who like who knows. And then just chooses to like not work on it, like like in you know anthropology, I should have stayed in class, but I knew um, I would do fine without it, and so I just left. Or maybe you're studying, you know, there's a test coming up, and you know that you'll you know you'll pass, you'll get an A if you study, but you'll pass even if you don't, and you just decide not to study. Like that's really settling on mediocrity, and that's hey, really- Hey, can you not attack me right now? Because that was me, that was <laughs> me in college. I didn't mean to call you out. <laughs> I didn't mean to call you out. But that, the thing is, I think that's partly why, um, it's kind of one of those things that's like a blessing and a curse. And I think for me, um, I have always kind of been able to get by in life just by like not having to work too hard. And I'm not saying that I, you know, get A plus without studying, but I would for sure just like, I'd pass. I'd like, you know, maintain like good friendships and good connections and get good jobs. And like, I'm just like, how the heck did I get where I am? I think something important, and I don't mean this in a show off way at all, but like you said, we work together. I started as an administrative assistant and then I'm like a director now of an office and like, I don't know how I got there. <laughs> so just like, how the heck have I kept like doing well in life? with not working as hard as like other people have. Some people don't become directors until they're like, they have way more experience than I did. I just keep getting lucky. And I think I've let that luck kind of um, guide me as opposed to putting effort into things. And that includes my faith. I think I've always been like a very well-behaved individual. And I think that's something that also kind of fueled my faith for a while. I don't know if that makes sense, but like I thought that was enough. You know, like, I, I really don't, like, I don't lie to my parents. I'm not sneaking out at night. Like, I'm not doing the X, Y, and Z. I'm going to mass every Sunday. Um, you know, like, I'm a good kid. And that's, that's good enough. That's great. But it, you realize they're like, no, there's like so much more we need to be doing. Um, because just not doing bad, that's, 
mediocrity. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying beforehand. It's like, you know, what I have done and what I have failed to do. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's that failure to do that we are now guilty of when you're not constantly working on that relationship. Yep. That's because he's constantly calling out for you and he wants that relationship. It's not like he's passively sitting around waiting for you to like call him. He's like, he's calling you and just waiting for you to answer. And you know, how can you keep ignoring him? So, yeah. Well, and the other day we celebrated the feast of St. Bridget of Sweden and one yeah. of her quotes, she said, let everyone who has the grace of intelligence fear that because of it, he will be judged more heavily if he is negligent. Basically, yeah. to whom much has been given, much is expected. You know, for you and I, okay, we have the knowledge of our faith. And, and it's good that you and I pursue the rules of our faith and we try to be good people. Sure. But there's more, there's more to it. You know, it's not just a, okay, did you make sure to not break any laws, commit any mortal sins? Mm -hmm. Great. But did you also pursue holiness in each and every facet of your life? Yeah. And did you pursue the best? You know, I think to your point, you talked about, you know, in school, scathing by, you know, which, which works in a lot of ways, or, you know, you said, I don't know how I ended up in this job because maybe I didn't work as hard. And I mean, don't get me I mean, wrong, I'm qualified. It's just not. <laughs> no, I, and I get that. And I was just going to say, like, I think the diocese is lucky to have you and I know you work hard. Um, no doubt. But it, it, it is, it does always beg the question because you and I both know people who at least seemingly are doing more than us, you know, or, and, are harder workers in their work field or whatnot. And it's it, always that way though. <laughs> well, of course. And that's where then the question has to, you, we have to go and look at ourselves. It's not a comparison game, no. but instead no, it's, no. it's a Lord with all that you've given me, am I using that in the best way, you know, to, to, in the start, I talked about the talents, you know, am I, am I using it to, give your kingdom to give you glory and to build your kingdom or am I burying the treasures that I've been given? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, you talk about the difference between a lukewarm Catholic and a mediocre Catholic, you know, it's part of it is that, you know, are you uh, utilizing those gifts and talents you've been given? Yeah, for sure. Because I think a lukewarm Catholic doesn't realize that they even have these gifts and talents, whereas a mediocre Catholic does and decides to, not do anything with it um you know so i think that's something to be said i also i want to jump back real quick to uh you know it was saint bridget of sweden's feast day and you definitely didn't reach out to me and say happy feast day and i remember that and it hurts my feelings so thanks but i prayed for you oh you did never mind take it back great friend okay good i really i love and not just because she's my namesake i love saint bridget of sweden um and I'd actually say that if you're looking for, you know, new ways to really grow in your faith, everyone, you should absolutely look up her devotion to Our Lady of Sorrows, because there's really like no way you could meditate on Our Lady's Sorrows and contemplate that and not want to just like love Jesus the way she did. Because anyway, it's a very powerful prayer. Definitely look it up, say it. It's super easy. Seven Hail Marys. 
And that's a wrap for part one of my two-part series with Bridget Wilson talking about mediocrity. I hope you were able to gain some wonderful insights from all that she had to say. And I hope you join me again next week. Thanks and God bless.